The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors about bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the -the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, it's also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fansack. Welcome to a Victory Monday episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. We promised you baseball this weekend. We promised you impactful, interesting, important baseball against the Baltimore Orioles. And ladies and gentlemen, we have delivered you a sweep and an accident on the mound by Roldis Chapman. Thomas, what a weekend. It fulfilled all my expectations, and it fulfilled expectations I never knew I had for things I did not know were possible. It feels good. We said they needed to take three of four. They, for once, exceeded our expectations, took all four. Um, I think they might have heard uh, Friday's pod, and they were like, you know what? We got to listen to these guys. We got to play big boy baseball. We got to win three out of four against the Orioles. Um, but it was good that we said we would we'd have loved to see a complete game out of Cole on that Friday and another, you know, uh, asking for a complete game from Tanaka as well was a lot, but he still went five good enough to not tax the bullpen in those seven inning games. Cole throwing what 115 pitches in that first game, just big boy in it like a beast um, feeling good. And now we're heading into this Toronto series this week. We have the day off today, uh, which is very beneficial for them after having the doubleheader on Friday, we got good pitching. Davey Garcia, Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka lined up for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And that's got to get everybody in high spirits for what's to come because this is the team we're going to be battling with down the stretch. Yeah, uh, we're psyched. I'm psyched. I'm actually, you know, in terms of confidence, you know, am I at a 10? Probably not. I would say I'm at like a cautious eight, cautious eight. A lot to like about this O series and we'll dive into all of it. Uh, in a second, a bunch to dislike, and, and they were definitely lucky to escape the weekend with two wins instead of a split, or uh, worst-case scenario, if the chips fell the other way, uh, a split series overall and a 2-2 uh, 
and which would have been a disaster. But guys, remember, uh, make sure to visit us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, hit that subscribe button. We'd love to see some uh, downloads from both of those outlets. Uh, and make sure to drop us five-star reviews and the comments that go along with it. Saw some huge numbers this week, and we're really thankful for that. But we'd love to see those Apple numbers tick up a little bit, as well as the comments from you guys. Um, more we can interact with you, the better. Um, yes, yeah, so in terms of rating this series, I'm going to go with an eight in terms of confidence right now. Um, Thomas, where are you? Where, where are you sort of going into this Jays series? I'm probably around there, too. This was not a flawless series by any means. The first two games definitely were on Friday. That doubleheader, Cole not get dominated. Offense showed up early and often, and that's what we needed. Next two games, we only generated five runs. One of them was a walk-off and extras, and we uh, somehow were able to hold uh, the O's to only two runs um, with Montgomery and Hap on the mound. So um, kudos to them. Great job for those starting efforts and then an equally impressive job by the bullpen holding it down. But Boone had a little bit, I think a bullpen fart on Saturday. I'd like for you to talk about that too, because you were especially a little bit frustrated with it and Glaber out of the lineup yesterday for reasons. I don't know. There are what 15 games left, something like that. Play the damn guy every day. He's doing well. Why are we, why are we giving him a break? He eventually comes in to pitch it, two-run double, game over, that's it. So that's where I'm at. Not a flawless series, does feel good, does give us momentum, and the pitching lines up the way we want it. Yeah, I think my confidence level would be a little bit higher if they'd had one more game that sort of resembled the Friday games, which were perfect. I, like, I've, I don't know. It hasn't – I mean, in a season where absolutely nothing has been easy, it hasn't been that easy to win it twice in a row in a long time. That was just – you know, Cole's game was never in doubt from the first inning on, although obviously we've seen, you know, 99% win probability games get tied in, in a matter of yep. seconds over the past week and a half or so. So, I mean, I wasn't as confident as I probably should have been, but Cole had that in his right arm the whole time. Uh, fireballs just you know Garrett Cole at an 11 out of 10 rocking the Orioles to sleep I'm glad he didn't throw a no hitter so we didn't have to have the conversation about how legit how legit was the seven inning no hitter and whatever because the rest of the world wouldn't only pay for what you need when you download the transit app and ride Coda plan track and pay for rides right from your smartphone unlike daily and monthly paper passes fares never expire because unused funds roll over to the next month never pay more than four dollars and fifty cents a day or sixty two dollars a month no matter how many times you ride digitize your dollars and save when you download the transit app learn more at coda.com forward slash transit app accepted it it's legit and then yankee fans would have had to defend it and it would have been weird but then, yeah, Tanaka, you know, recovers from a DJ Stewart homer in the first inning, which I feel like could have said that about most games we've played against the O's in the past week and a half. Then doesn't really give up anything. A lot of soft contact. A lot of batters retired in a row. And then the Yankee bats, uh, led by Luke Voigt, pull away in that one too. Um, so you hit the weekend with a ton of momentum, and it was only natural. You, you sort of felt like Montgomery – and, uh, you know, in the mismatch in that game against Dean Kramer, who's now owned us twice and appears to be good. Um, Keegan Aiken got his comeuppance on Friday night, which was awesome, too. Uh, you know, lefty slinging 92. Really not sure why he just completely outdueled Garrett Cole a week ago. But uh, didn't happen again, so goodbye. But Dean Kramer, great pitch mix. That high curve with the huge bend is, is really impressive. So 
you sort of knew that there would be a game this weekend where the Yankees offense just took the day off and it ended up being uh, Saturday and Sunday, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, the Montgomery game, you know, everything was trending in a negative direction and he was fantastic nine K's in under six innings, but the defense betrayed him in the sixth, And it was sort of a formula we've seen before. Okay. Yanks have a really slim lead. Uh, something goes wrong and then they let it go because of course they do. And then they eventually, you know, somebody wilts in the eighth inning and they lose like four one and it's sort of a shrug and it doesn't tell us much about the team's fortunes moving forward. And we move on and we hope that they sort of win the Sunday game going away. Uh, It didn't happen. Even though Aaron Boone sort of did treat it like an exhibition. He goes to Zach Britton in the eighth. Britton is really good. Uh, he goes to Aroldis Chavin in the ninth, which we will talk about uh, in a second. But Britton got through the eighth on, on like under 10 pitches. I believe it was nine. Um, right. And you sort of, at that point, you're going, all right, there's not much left in the bullpen. And we don't trust Adam Adovino. So it's Chapman and then question marks. Uh, and it feels like this is either, you know, going extras or uh, it feels like, they're, you know, you got to win it now or it goes extras. And it really sort of felt like it was trending toward the 10th inning. And it ultimately ended up, you know, getting there. Cesar Valdez, this dude who keeps coming in for the O's, throwing 84 with like 68 mile an hour curveballs. Can't touch that guy. Like, and he could go for, it feels like he could do that forever. I don't even know why he came out after three innings. Like, felt like there were seven more innings in that dude's tank. But you got Britain on almost no pitches, and he hasn't pitched in a few days, too. I kind of feel like you got to go him. The ninth, save Chapman for when the additional runner comes in in the 10th because you need a guy throwing 100 miles an hour with a strikeout potential if you've got this runner in scoring position from the jump. Uh, so I kind of felt like Britain in the 8th and ninth, Chapman in the 10th, and try to hold them and send it to the bottom of the 10th tide would have been reasonable. But egg on my face, um, everything works out. I, I guess when you're going good, you're going good. Uh, and Chapman breezes through the ninth, although once again, we, we keep hinting at it. We, we will talk about it. We will talk about the moment, uh, the indelible uh, stain on the weekend. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he gets out of the ninth, and, and Holder comes in for the tenth. And Holder has been legitimately good in 2020, which I, I, have to, I have to recalibrate my brain. It's just it's not there. I don't, I don't see it when he comes in. I don't feel that confidence. But he got out of a huge jam in the O's in the one lone win at Camden Yards last weekend. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, you know, you see that runner on second and it doesn't materialize until he comes in. And as soon as he hit the mound, I was kind of like, is, is he going to get out of this too? <laughs> I, I kind of feel like he is. And uh, yeah, great job by Holder. And then they walk it off immediately because these rules are weird. Um, and, and once they sort of bailed, once they got bailed out there, I did feel confident that they would overcome whatever odds they were facing on Sunday. And same deal, same sleepy game. But the O's kind of felt like their playoff hopes were dead and they were just trying to give the game over to the Yanks. And finally, Glaber Torres took it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know how I feel about um, the Saturday pitching. I think the only thing I would have – you look at it and you're like, okay, Boone just went for th- their neck here. He didn't want to screw around. He didn't want to leave this game up to chance, which we've seen so many happen before when they're – you know, when it's tied or they're up by one late. He's like, I'm going with my best guys. This is the end of the story. I probably would have left Jordan Montgomery in for at least another out. He had a run on first. 72 pitches. 72 pitches. You saw that little little exchange on the mound, little interesting stuff. Jordan Montgomery seemed to have said something, and Boone stuck a finger in his chest um, right before he went off and uh, said something to uh, his pitcher. So don't know what happened there, but if I'm Jordan Montgomery, I'm probably a little bit upset too. His last two starts combined were four innings total. 
So it'd be great if he got more or as much work as he possibly could against an inferior lineup. Like you said, career high, nine strikeouts breezing through this. If not for the defense, Brett Gardner making a dumb error in left field. And then um, Tyro Estrada running, trying to make a Willie Mays catch on a lazy pop fly into the shallow outfield. He probably could have just sprinted out to the spot where he thought it was going to be and made a better play on it. Not going to ask him to make that play because the infield was in trying to protect um, trying to protect, uh, trying to get that out at home. Um, that's probably the only thing I would have done differently. And then, you know, you can, I'm not a fan of split inning duty. I don't know if I would have brought in Zach Britton for uh, two innings. I would have rather brought Adovino in. He hadn't pitched since September 4th. Go Otto, Green, Britton, and end it. Um, and then if you have to in the 10th, go Chapman. Not really ideal to go Jonathan Holder in the 10th with this new extra innings rule, but, you know, Jonathan Holder is uh, making us eat our words, which I guess is awesome. So, uh, I don't know. It ended up working, so we can't complain about it, but it is worth dissecting because we have a lot of important games going forward and the bullpen usage is going to be crucial in all of them because one has to assume we're not going to get those kind of outings from everybody in a single series. We were lucky enough to get it against the O's, and don't think that's going to happen against the Blue Jays. Even the Red Sox are hitting a little bit, so I'm not going to be banking on that either over the weekend. Nonetheless, it worked, and uh, Chapman, in that tenth or in that ninth, nearly pooped his pants. And uh, one of my favorite quotes uh, from me and my buddies in college goes, "There are two types of people in this world: people who have accidentally pooped their pants over the age of 18, and liars." What happened with the role of chat? Do we – so you said you said almost. So you gave him an almost. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't think, think you could pitch with poop in your pants. I think I'm going to also give him an almost. I think it, it was it was gastrointestinal distress. Um, <laughs> I, I, the funniest part to me is uh, the, the post-game presser with, with Boone laughing through his, his dismissals of the questions about what happened to Chapman – it's almost like he knew he was caught because Boone's been accused of lying about injuries in the past. And when Aaron judge got hurt, it was like, ah, you know, I, I pulled, he, he just, you know, he's feeling it a little bit. So I, I gave him a day. And then the next day it's like, yeah, he's uh, you know, he's still feeling it. So we're, we're just going to, you know, be cautious. And then Friday he's on the IL and everyone's like, Boone's a liar, you know, Boone's scum. He's covering up injuries. And so this <laughs> time he knew like, it, okay, I went. I went to check on Chapman on the mound. Everybody thought that was, you know, ninth inning, all eyes on him. Uh, clearly, there's a mound meeting and the trainers out there. That's why the trainer have to come. Like, can't Boone just come? And then after the game, he could just be like, saw something that in like, like, what's the trainer's out? Like, what's a trainer gonna advise about pooping your pants? Like, <laughs> like we don't need a medical opinion on pooping your pants. Like, the trainer doesn't have to be out there to assess anything. All it did was raise speculation. So you can feel Boone in, in that post-game press conference though being like, oh man, like if I say it's nothing, then everyone's going to write a column about how Boone's covering up injuries again and, and Boone's a liar. So I got to say it's nothing, but I got to drop a hint. And there's no hint you can drop about pooping your pants that doesn't immediately result in everyone being like, oh, he pooped his pants. Like there's, there's no in-between where you like, let's just say he had to take a visit to the downstairs. And everyone's like, oh, he pooped his pants. Like, there's no – like, Mother Nature calls gave it away. Like, there, yeah. there was nothing – like, I think Boone realized he, he had no, like, funky excuses. He, 
he just there was nothing he could say that wasn't going to crack him up or that wasn't going to immediately allude to what happened uh and, and he gave up the ghost I, and then that chapman smile man after the third out when he turned to the center field camera and gave it the old like i've seen we've seen so many bad versions of the chapman smile the like altuve homer and the like his immediate reaction to giving up bombs is usually this weird involuntary like <laughs> well, what happened smile but the the outright chapman beam when he looked right at the center field cam uh, as if to say, like, I know what just happened. Do, do you know what just happened? And then it was like, uh, it's only another 45 minutes to an hour until we all found out. And uh, I would say uh, I would say it was an almost situation. I would say he didn't go all the way. Although David Cohn, did you hear David Cohn? Uh, he tells a story in his book. He said uh, he said he once, uh, you know, did the full evacuation on the Mountie. I think it is possible. I don't, I don't know, like, is it comfortable? Obviously, absolutely not. But is it possible to finish the inning that way? I, I don't know. I think it's possible. In white pants? I don't know. I, I, every, it's Chapman's windup is so tight, too. Like, every time he's lifting his leg, it's exerting force on his butt. Like, the poop would have to smush. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. And then you'd see it going through the white pants. It would be the absolute least fun windup <laughs> to have if you pooped yourself, like, that's, all, all time. I mean, that's that's my poop breakdown on Chapman. I guess if you have a less uh, forceful delivery and you're not throwing 102 miles an hour, um, it pro- you probably could get through it. If you're David Cohn, David Cohn was much more of a graceful dude on the mound, not not overpowering hitters. Chapman is the exact opposite. So, I don't know. But what we did see was – Chapman broke an unwritten rule. He ran right to the clubhouse after the inning. He's supposed to stay in that dugout. I don't care if there's poop in your pants. The unwritten rules say if you're a pitcher and you finish the inning or you get taken out of the game, you're in the dugout until the next inning. So uh, I want to hear the unwritten rules, folks, on this because completely unacceptable. If you can't hold poop in your pants or hold in a dump to watch your team walk it off, then I don't know what kind of teammate you are. David Cohen probably used the poop to scuff up the baseball and get an advantage. <laughs> Use it like a shine ball. Yeah, it's it's so fu- it's great. Michael it's Scott great. poop ball. It's it's great that this happened. Um, but Jeff McNeil left uh, yesterday's Mets Blue Jays game with with gastrointestinal distress too. Mm. Like I don't know what it is, but th- this is two days in a row. And the Yankees needed the Mets to win yesterday uh, to keep them. To, the Yankees would have vaulted ahead of the Blue Jays ahead of this uh, series if the Mets had come through even once after their 18-1 victory on Friday. Uh, of course, they did not. The Jays took two out of three. But that's, that's, that's not fair. I mean, two days in a row, uh, you got Yankee fans rooting for somebody, you know, a key major player in a game who, who comes down with, with mid-game poop. Like, that's – what are the odds that – what are the odds you're going to have to do that twice? But, but Chapman held the fort uh, in at least one way and, and got it to Holder in the 10th. Uh, Chapman was unable to hold her, uh, but Jonathan Holder did hold. Um, <laughs> it, and it was, I mean, one one last thing, too. When, uh, when Chapman had a 3-2 fastball to DJ Stewart uh, to, to close out Sunday's game, uh, Michael Kay asked David Cohn 
I don't know how many people caught this, and I don't even know if it was anything. But Michael K asked David Cohn what he expected from Chapman on the 3 2, uh, whether it was the fastball or the slider after he'd set him up earlier in that bat. And Cohn said, I got to be honest, I expect just gas from Chapman. And I, I think Chapman also expected just gas on, on Saturday. Well, he was hoping it. it was just gas. He was hoping it was just gas, but I'm not sure that's what he got. Oh, it was amazing. Um, okay, but we have to have a legitimate conversation now. Uh, shake it off. Just get the, get the poop get the poop out of your brain. We, we did it. Uh, now it's time to put on our analysis hats um, and do some, do some actual baseball thinking. Um, Jay Happ, what is this? Um, We've got uh, we've got Jay Happ now uh, in our in our mental conversation, and we've got James Paxton, who we have to now evaluate as the season comes to a close. Um, James Paxton's all but been ruled out of a of a starting job for the rest of the season, and and there's no real room for him uh, even after Clark Schmidt's dismissal. Um, I guess the only hope for James Paxton having an impact for the remainder of the regular season and, and postseason, which now seems like something the Yankees can at least start preparing for. Um, they're in a less precarious position than the Houston Astros, who, who are a game and a half up on the Seattle Mariners uh, for the AL West second spot. So that would mean uh, that two teams, uh, you know, it, it seems like the AL West is bad enough that only one of those teams uh, behind the first place A's is going to get in and it's going to be the Astros or the Mariners. That's a yikes but the Yankees can at least start thinking about what the postseason might look like. Uh, and is it worth it if you can only bring James Paxton back as a relief option? Is that worth it? How does he fit into the plans? Thomas, do you want to see more Paxton? I want to see him as a reliever. Why? Um, well, we know for one, there is no way he can work himself back as a starter at this point. It's too late in the year. He's not going to get a regular season game under his belt. He obviously was experiencing pain last week is shut down for a few days. Boone said it would be challenging for him to get any action before the playoffs. Okay, great. So what do you do then? Paxton's a lefty. We need a lower leverage, lower leverage, leverage lefty aside from Britain and Chapman. Those guys are safe for the end of the game. We're going to need a lefty in case things, things go a little bit crazy earlier in the game. Um, I don't want Luis Avilon back doing that in playoff duty no um that's I really hope that that will never be the case so why not James Paxton if he has to come in in the fifth or the sixth and you know maybe do split inning duty you know 1.2 innings 1.1 innings whatever it is he's got four pitches he was looking pretty good before he he hit the shelf he's had a weird mix of uh lack of success this year he was either getting off to slow starts um in his first two outings he, had, uh, he obviously got uh, shelled by the Nationals in his first uh, start of 2020 after his back surgery. Can't really fault him for that. Then he had that outing against the Red Sox where he, did, he admittedly did get off to a slow start, but the defense also didn't help him. There were two – Hicks just decided to not catch a ball, and then Judge and Hicks stared at that Xander Bogarts fly ball at the track and just let it bounce over the wall for uh, a, a, a two-run double or whatever it was. So he didn't exactly get help from the defense. He didn't look great either. You had the, those two starts with um, issues in the beginning, and then his next few starts, the wheels just came off. He had that great outing against the Rays in Tampa and then just gave up those three runs, and that was it. They lose the game. Uh, I think he was six or seven in, innings in at that point. Um, he had a solid outing against the Red Sox. They won that game, uh, but he gave up, uh, I think, a couple of runs in the third, and then that was it. Um, and then that, obviously, the last start before he went on the IL, 
wheels came off against the Rays at Yankee Stadium in the fifth inning after he was mowing them down, or it was the sixth inning. He had mowed them down for five innings or something like that. And uh, he's, he's having, a like I said, it's a weird imbalance of issues. It's either he's getting shelled in the beginning or the wheels are coming off late. So why not meet him in the middle and give him some, you know, lower leverage duty out of the bullpen. You can start him off if you don't trust having him, you know, come in in a higher leverage situation where, you know, you might need to get a lefty out with runners on. Maybe the Yankees take a big lead in one of their first postseason games, or probably more likely, maybe they go down big. And then you have the opportunity and luxury to give him some innings and, you know, get that tune up. And then you can maybe use him later in the ALDS or the, the ALCS, maybe the World Series. Who knows? I think he's got four pitches. Yes, he's not throwing his usual, you know, 96, 97, 98. But we saw he was able to uh, hone in his command as he was getting back and um, up to speed with everything. I don't think it's a bad idea it, even to just have him as a potential option. If he can't throw, different story. If he can't pitch, then just leave him and that's, that's it. If it's too much work to get him to that point. But if we're talking shorter spurts and, you know, he's in a contract year, he still probably wants to get out on the field and show people what he can do so he, you know, can avoid not having to accept the qualifying offer. He probably wants a multi-year deal that's going to pay him. If he can come back in relief duty and show that he's nails in the postseason, that could up his value. Yeah, the problem is that you would love to have the last week of the season to play around yeah. and, and, like, activate Paxton and have your, your settled standings and stuff like that. It really feels like they're going to be, you know, neck and neck with the Blue Jays for the second spot, you know, up until the final horn. Unless, you know, I mean, there, there is the chance that one of the two teams just rampages this week. Uh, even that wouldn't put it away by any means, though, if – the Blue Jays sweep the Yankees in this series, God forbid. That The Jays would be up four, and that would probably be three and a half. And that would, you know, even that wouldn't be the end of it. So they're, they're going to have to be playing down to the wire. You're not going to have an opportunity. There's no game 162 where, like, you can – Jonathan Loisga can start and passing can throw the third and fourth, and we all just, you know, have a dance. Like, the, the game 162, famously, that the Rays won over the Yankees at the end of the 2011 season to send the Red Sox out of the postseason. Dylan Batanza started that game and like Andrew Brackman came in and Corey Wade and, and the Yankees were just like throwing people at the wall because they were just having fun the last game before the playoffs. It would be nice to have a game where the, the outcome was just assured and you could put Paxton in, in the middle innings and see what you had. Um, he, he did hike his stuff up in, in the early part of that Rays game that he blew in the seventh. That was the only time that Yankees universe has really been encouraged about Paxton this year. Because he was throwing 95, 96 on the gun all of a sudden. And it was like, isn't it? Wait, the velocity was the problem, right? If the velocity's back, then, then Paxton's back. Um, and then by the end of the game, he was back down to 92, 91. He, he looked sort of, you know, he looked comfortable until he didn't. He immediately got taken advantage of and jumped on by the Rays. But, yeah, there, there's something there. And if he can harness it for one inning and if the goal isn't to go six or seven, and it's just, how are you feeling? Pain-free, great, go 95, 96 do your full arsenal for an inning. It's a more effective version of what they try to do with CeCe Zabathia last year. Um, CeCe Zabathia, crafty lefty by the end of his career, and we love him. But, you know, CeCe's arsenal didn't really tick up lefty on lefty by the end. So, you know, putting him in the bullpen was kind of just this halfway maneuver where it's like, 
we want CC Zabathia on the playoff roster, and he's not getting a start. So uh, he's in the bullpen now, and, and that's fun. But the metrics, you know, there was nothing to believe that he'd be like this nasty same side guy at the end of it all. Um, he was just sort of like, we need CC with us, so he's going to the bullpen. Paxton's a different story. If he can throw, you know, 96, then he's a different guy. And, and he can do short uh, spurts. And, and it's something they don't have because, like you said, Luis Avalon's the other guy. Um, and if Luis Avalon's the other guy, then you don't have another guy because he, he's not part of it. Uh, they signed Ryan Bookter uh, last week, too, and, and put him on the 60-man but not on the 40-man. He's been good. In, from 2016 – to 2019 he never had an era over three he's a lefty coming out of the a's bullpen he went to the angels this year struggled got cut now is at the alternate site in scranton i don't know if there's any way to get him onto the roster because it was almost impossible to get clark schmidt onto the 40 man and and obviously schmidt's more of an essential part of the future than ryan bookter is but that that is another option you have if paxton is really hurt and can't come back maybe there's a 60-day il move and you can figure out a way to maneuver that i'm not sure um, but e- either way, yeah, Paxton out of the bullpen has got to be a more a different proposition entirely. But if he's not pain free, no point. Uh, but worth discussing. Uh, also worth discussing though, J-Hap has quietly or not so quietly inserted himself in the postseason starter conversation. Seriously, um, his last five starts as ERA is two point four five, and that includes a dud at City Field. Uh, He's got the season-stabilizing 10K game at Toronto, the other season-stabilizing game that he uh, led 1-0 over the Mets at Yankee Stadium when they really needed him to step up. Um, And he was solid against the Red Sox on Sunday Night Baseball, and he was really solid again yesterday against the Orioles. And this Orioles lineup, say what you will about him, but four 300 hitters, including Ryan Mountcastle, to start off that lineup. When they're locked in, they can hit, and they should hit a pitcher like Jay Happ and Hap was pretty much just as dominant as ever yesterday. Um, so I personally, you know, I know where I stand. Uh, I have a hedge. I have a hedge on this take. Um, but the Yankees are going to be, if they enter the playoffs, it's going to be a best of three wildcard series, right? So that stinks uh, immediately. The, the most number of starters they would need in the first round is just three. Um, so with that in mind, are you using J-Hap? Are you even thinking about using J-Hap? What, what is happening? I think you go down the stretch and see how him and Davey Garcia battle it out. I know they probably only have, what, one or two st- – they probably have two starts apiece left. Probably. I think, I Especially because good... two starts gets Hap to nine and he's not getting ten. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I think that's a good – look, Hap is going to be facing the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, and so is Davey Garcia. So I think that's – I think that's more than enough to look at that and – diagnose whether you who you'd rather have for that game I'm gonna be the jackass here and kind of defend Hap he's been here for a full year uh with you know 2019 being his only full sample size it wasn't good we all know it wasn't good but he came on in 2018 7-0 2.69 ERA and 11 starts and this year 3.96 ERA and seven starts after two disastrous outings to start the season he didn't help his case because, you know, a 4.91 ERA last year and then uh, to follow that up with how you started off the season this year, of course nobody's going to have confidence in you. But for the most part, over his Yankee career, 20 and 10, 4.24 ERA, 1.22 whip, 233 Ks and 261 innings. It's really not bad. Right now he's, he's finding – he's 
commanding his stuff. He's finding the strike zone. He's painting the corners. He's attacking hitters. I'm not going to advocate for this, but I think at this point he deserves a fair shake. Plus, he's a lefty. I would 100% rather go with him than Jordan Montgomery at this point. I do like Jordan Montgomery. I like his future um, outlook for the rotation. But for a playoff start, we've seen how weak his stuff can be this year. Um, remember, he's still coming back from Tommy John surgery, so there are kinks that he needs to work on, though he did look great against the Orioles uh, over this weekend. I think the way to go, if you're going to start Hap, is you start Hap and then you have Montgomery and Garcia as emergency options in case Boone has to pull one of them. You know, we saw that happen with uh, Luis Severino in the wild card game a couple of years ago. I don't think it's out of the question. He has, you know, he has the experience as an MLV pitcher. He's appeared in four. Jamie's log, progressive. The Harrington's backyard, day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving that progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Team postseason games, uh, aside from getting rocked in the uh, ALDS against the Sox that year, he's been okay. Almost uh, four innings of work. He's given up one run, but the Yanks against uh, the Astros, I don't know, he gave up that home run against Correa, but... Yeah, that um, did happen. And against the Twins. But, you know, he's he's got more of the experience. He probably is able to have more of that composure than Garcia or Montgomery would. I'm not giving him the start right now. I'm saying if he proves everybody wrong and continues on this path of, you know, shutting down opposing lineups, he's not he's not going to have two easy matchups against the Jays and the Red Sox. So if he's able – but then again, what do, you, what do you do if both of the – if both Garcia and Hap shut out – not shut out, but, you know – deliver quality starts against both both, te- both of those teams, then I don't know what you do. Yeah, that's why I lean, uh, you know, right now my, my three-game series is Cole, Tanaka, Garcia. And, and in, an, in an ideal world, uh, Cole and Tanaka win. And then who cares, right? Yeah. They, you don't even need to have the game three conference. I mean, first off, I, I've been saying this for a while, but th- this is why it's a shame that they've suckered us back in emotionally. Because you, if you make the postseason, you're going to get hit with this best of three series bomb which is, I mean, that's a disaster. Like, that's what you're earning. That, that's awful. So mm-hmm. there, there's no prize for making the postseason. And whether the Yankees are on a hot streak or on a cold snap, it, this could be over in, in five seconds. And then we're on to 2021. So the, the best case scenario is obviously Cole and Tanaka win those first two. And I also don't think their roles are in dispute. I think they have earned games one and two. Uh, that's sort of that's lo- let's lock that down. Um, and so then the third comes down to Garcia and Hap and Montgomery. Um, I would say Garcia has shown enough poise so far that I am very comfortable using him in what could be a deciding game. Uh, but then you do have the full complement and arsenal of everybody behind him. So Hap would be piggybacking him, I'm sure. And then theoretically Montgomery could too. But but if you have to pull Garcia early, you can go to Hap as a stabilizing force. Rather than if Hap struggles early, you got to go to you got to go to the kid immediately. And the Yankees have done that in the postseason in the past. Uh, 07 using Phil Hughes to piggyback Roger Clemens comes to mind, um, but it's not really something I it's not something I want to do if I have to. They used Chad Green in the 2017 Wild Card game for a really long time too. Uh, amazing performance, but I would rather have 
the veteran backing up the kid rather than the other way around. Um, but then once, if you get to the ALDS and you need a game four starter, um, I, I would say Hap has absolutely earned the chance, you know, pending craziness over his final two starts to, to make that game four start or three, if you want to flip flop him and Garcia, that makes sense to me. But there is, it, it, as bizarre as it sounds, after all we've seen and said about Jay Happ, there is a higher disaster potential with Jordan Montgomery, and we've seen it his two starts prior to this Orioles game. Uh, four earned runs in the first inning before an out is recorded against the Rays uh, in a series swinging game. And then the, the Blue Jays game he started too, he was in and out of trouble, but not in a way where you ever felt he had control of the situation. Uh, he, he couldn't find the strike zone, and the walks have been a big problem for Montgomery. And when he's off, you know it immediately. Um, so big believer in Jordan Montgomery for the future. And he showed us exactly why on Saturday. Um, but the hap starts where he struggles. It usually goes downhill. Um, he's got big leads and he blows them because he starts to lose the strike zone and his command, you know, if haps a tick off, his fastball is flat enough that it's really not a good situation. Um, but you learn more about hap as a start drags on. He's usually confident and comfortable when he emerges from the bullpen. Um, so I would say you have a higher bust potential with Montgomery in the first inning than you do with Hap. And I think if they do advance to the ALDS, uh, Hap has probably – he's definitely earned the look at a start, and he's probably earned a start. I agree. And the way you look – you also have to look at it this way. The top, the top four teams in the AL, Rays, White Sox, Twins, Athletics. Who – do they – do any of them have a, a number three starter that you're shaking in your boots to face? No. The A's, the A's rotation, Mike Fire, Sean Manaya, Frankie Montas, Jesus Lazardo, Chris Bassett, White Sox, Dylan Cease, Gio Gonzalez, I guess he's injured when he comes back, Lucas Giolito, Dallas Keuchel. I don't even know if they have a fifth, but, oh, uh, well, Carlos Rodon's out for the year. Uh, Twins, Berrios, Kenta Maeda, Rich Hill, Michael Pineda, Randy Dobnak. We know who the Rays have to offer. Are, it, it, you, even though even the tops of these rotations aren't even that good. So, you know, if you're telling me that, you know, we face one of these teams later on and they're rolling out, you know, they're rolling out Rich Hill or Randy Dobnak in game four, yeah, I'm fine with throwing Hap out there for game four. I don't think that'll be an issue. for Or the A's, you know, if I got to face Chris Bassett in game four versus Jay Hap, that's, yeah, that's fine. That's fine with me. Yeah, Hap's just unfortunately the guy because probably of that 2018 ALDS game where as soon as he's good, it's like, wow, Hap. But as soon as he's bad, it's like, Hap, I knew it. Mm -hmm. I told you he stinks. Because um, yeah. the Yankee There's fans no do that. Yeah, Yankee fans pick guys who, who they assume stink. And then as soon as they stink, it's like, well, yeah, didn't I tell you? He stinks. Um, but Hap was really bad for, for large portions of last year. Uh, great September. And then a solid postseason out of the bullpen use sparingly, except for the Correa homer. Um, he's been dependable, you know, and like you said, low fours ERA in, in like two full years of a Yankee career at this point. That's what they traded for. And that's basically what he's given you a, a, with numerous changes to the baseball um, half having to deal with, you know, the home run problem last year. It's easier to give up gopher balls with that ball. Everyone will tell you that Tanaka will tell you that. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think you could have expected much more out of Jay Happ after the acquisition and he's done a lot in previous weeks to, to earn my trust back a little bit. And, and like you said, no issue with him getting game four in the division series. And we will hopefully get to that point. Uh, that is it for this episode of the Yanks go yard podcast. Um, plenty more baseball this week, the Jays coming to town and the Red Sox over the weekend uh, trying to screw up their own tank. 
by competing a little too hard in Tampa Bay. And we thank them for that because the Rays are now sort of in the Yankee sights. It's, it's a four-game difference. Uh, Yanks obviously don't play them again, so that means there's a higher chance they can catch up because we can't beat them. Uh, big week, feeling a little better about ourselves. Uh, not vibing, but at least feeling ourselves a little bit. Um, until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib, and you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. And I'll warn you right now, if you're in a conversation with people and the subject of poop pants comes up, do not lie about you pooping your pants over the age of 18 because we all know what happened to you. Yeah, please at us with all of your excrement takes, uh, whether they're about excrement or they're just bad takes. Um, until next time, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Spotify, wherever your podcasts are listened to. Drop us those comments, and we would love to keep chatting with you. We also run the Yanks Go Yard FS handle on Twitter, so you can find us there. Uh, until Wednesday, see you, everybody. Happy Pod Wednesday coming. Hopefully, guys, we'll see you. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 4, 2.18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.